This is Confessions of a Former Mean Girl with Serena Myers. I'm a master transformation mentor and shadow guide, and I work with heart-centered, high-achieving women who are on the journey to becoming the truest version of themselves, which is only possible by first accepting all that they are. This podcast explores the lessons I've learned from my bad decisions so you can feel better about yours. It's normal to be a messy human, so let's talk about it. Hello, beautiful. This is episode 18 of Confessions of a Former Mean Girl. And this is also the episode that almost didn't happen because, my friend, it has been a week. So I want to talk today about the healing spiral. And in particular, when you've been on your journey for a little while and you start to find yourself repeating lessons, sometimes it can be really, really infuriating. And I found myself in one Oh, a really, really rough one this week, actually. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. So when we find ourselves in this place where we're repeating our lessons, there's usually one of two reasons. The first is something that I talk a lot about in my book, Sacred Anger. And it's that uh, we haven't actually extracted the lesson. So when this lesson is deeply rooted in, let's say, shadow work, then our tendency to avoid or just kind of store it, put it away, ignore those you know, negative, hard, challenging feelings, those lessons are going to continue to come back for us because our soul came into this life to have that experience. It came to learn that lesson. And so the longer that we avoid the lesson, the more it's going to repeat itself. But there are times where you've actually done the work and you have dug in and you've made the space and you felt all the things and whatever it was, you've allowed this lesson to permeate your life. And then lo and behold, you find yourself back in this place. And I believe that the reason that happens is because it's an invitation to go deeper with that lesson. I think it's pretty rare that we're going to figure everything out the first time around. And sometimes we have to sort of chip away at something so that it doesn't completely devastate us as we're starting to integrate it. And that's what I found myself in this week is the deepening of a lesson. In 2011, I had the most lovely cat. Her name was Daisy, and she passed away. And it was a very quick thing. Thursday evening, she was sick. Saturday afternoon, I had to put her down. And it is one of the hardest things I've done in my entire life. And in that process, the vet tech, who was so beautiful and really helped her with her transition, had reached out to me and she said, hey, I don't know if you're going to be ready, but I'm fostering a pregnant cat. And there's going to be some kittens soon if you want to meet them. So 12 years later, I have been living with two of these cats and another cat that we adopted later. But two of the cats that were kittens that were from this pregnant cat have become my fur babies the last 12 years. And I want to talk to you today about Freya because of my three cats, she is the absolute sweetest. And she is the one who ended up in some really bad hardship this week. So a few weeks ago, it was my wife's 50th birthday. She was sent some flowers. And in that beautiful flower arrangement was a gorgeous stargazer lily. Several of them, in fact, they're very common in where we are anyway, in floral arrangements. And if you don't know, lilies are hella poisonous to cats. Now, when they come in for me, what I do is I pop the heads off of them because my cats don't really play in plants. They don't really like, they don't care. They're not really that curious. So I just take off the heads that way. The stem is still buried in the bouquet. The petals and the leaves and the stamen, I think they're called. None of that has access to my cats. I just put it right in the compost and it's not a big deal. 
And when this particular bouquet came in the house, I told my wife that she didn't do it. And day after day, the flowers started to get older and eventually the petals started to fall off. And my wife actually went overseas. And while this happened, some of the petals fell on the floor. And Freya got curious. She's not going to climb on the table and go snoop around, but you put something in her eye line close to her food dish, no less. And she's going to go exploring. And that is how uh, she ended up with Lily Poising. Now, a few things happened that were really great. She threw it up right away. She did it right as I woke up. So I would say from this event happening to her being at the emergency vet, there was like maybe an hour and a half total in the realization of it happening and then making the decision and going. So she got treatment very quickly. It was also a very, very expensive mistake, but she was there for two full days. And, you know, thankfully, by the grace of God and all the prayers that I have reached out for and have given myself, she has come home. She's still adjusting, but her blood work is clear. She's good. She does not have any permanent kidney damage. And so comes the lesson. (laughs) When Daisy got sick and died, I had to go into a big state of grief, which if you remember from this summer when I lost my cousin, I don't do grief very well. And with that, there was also a lot of self-blame because I didn't recognize the signs. To me, it was a very quick decline. But when they started to give me more information, I realized that this had been something that had been happening over the span of weeks. And I just, I was ignorant. I just didn't know. And here was the thing about this lily is when I was watching these petals fall onto the table, every single time one fell, I would go like, about my wife, I would judge her and I would like criticize her. And she wasn't even in the house anymore. She was across the fucking world. And here I was like rolling my eyes and being bitchy about her abandoning these lilies instead of and almost putting like my righteous indignation ahead of the safety of my cats. And every time I would notice them, my guides would be like, oh, yeah, hey, there's a lily petal there. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I just wouldn't pick it up. I was leaving it for my wife. And in doing so, one ended up falling on the floor and put her in danger. So, yes, my wife should not have had lilies in the house. She should have decapitated the flower and whatever. And with her doing that, I should have picked up those lilies when I saw them because I knew they were a danger. My guides gave me the nudge and I didn't act on it. So I went down a blame, anger, fury, fear spiral. So we have like the healing spiral, which we, you know, I was also kind of repeating that pattern, but I had to go through all of this really ugly stuff, panic, anxiety, things that were like literally pulling me out of my body. I remember when I was having my last little goodbye with her before she went in the back, I was like petting her and reassuring her and talking to her. And then I realized that I was so checked out, I couldn't actually feel her fur under my hand. And I was like, fuck, I'm not in my body. But also I was so high strung that I didn't even know that getting back in my body was an option. It just didn't feel like it. It felt so far away. This is all Monday where I'm just spending the day obsessing over the situation, if she's going to be okay, if we caught it fast enough and so on. Tuesday morning, I have my monthly Reiki session with Nicole. She's our community manager. She's the person who helps my one-on-one clients. And so she's a valued member of my team and she's a valued member of my personal support system. And in her session, she did a lot of clearing, particularly around the head because the head was super busy. And that allowed me to almost relax enough to be back in my body. And with that also came some chattiness from my guides. Not judgy, not critical, not, you know, we told you, why didn't you pick up the fucking pedals? 
none of that, just this kind, like loving reminder about the experience I was in the middle of and what I needed to take away from it. So the first thing that came through was this quote by Louise Hay, and she says, you've been criticizing yourself for years and it hasn't worked. Try approving of yourself and see what happens. And I started thinking about Daisy and everything that I went through with her and the stress, the worry, the self-blame, all of that that I felt about Daisy didn't heal her. It didn't make me feel any better. And like none of that was contributing. So then my thought was, okay, well, what's the opposite of all of that? And it was hope. And I could not allow myself to hope. Hope felt so scary. I was so afraid of being disappointed. And that's inner child healing for me, but so afraid that like the idea of letting myself hope that she would be okay just felt too risky. So aside from the hope feeling really risky, there was also the energy of emotions like worry and anxiety and stress. They are higher vibrational emotions. And I don't mean that they feel good, high vibe, but that they have like a quick frequency. They like buzz within you. And there's something about it that feels active and it feels like you're doing something. And when you are helpless and powerless and there's literally nothing you can fucking do but sit there and feel bad about yourself, having that sense of moving things forward is like kind of liberating. But here's the problem. It's actually not liberating and it keeps you trapped in your head. So for me, I was having this kind of internal tug of war. There was this element of, I know that I shouldn't be just blaming herself or blaming me. I know that saying I told you so for the first time in the 10 years we've been together is not good for our marriage. And at the same time, I couldn't stop myself. I lashed out and I said horrible things. And like, that's totally not the way that I fight. But it was like so primal within me that I couldn't stop it. And part of that is because I was so stuck in my head. So I had this like knowing that I could bring consciousness to the situation, but I had no, it was like, it was like, it's like I knew it, but it was out of reach. And that was because we cannot transmute emotions from the head. We cannot think our way through our feelings. This was a big part of the lessons within Sacred Anchor as well, which you'll read about in the book. If you haven't already, go and get a copy. It's fantastic. And so there was this internal tug of war of like, I want this to be better, but like, I cannot let this go. But then I allowed myself to feel it. I let it get really ugly. I did say those horrible things to my wife and I apologized for them. And then at the same time, she also said, I should have gotten rid of those lilies. I'm really sorry. And if she doesn't come home and it's my fault, I'm going to feel really awful. And having her take responsibility helped me to feel a lot better about what had happened as well, because then it was like shared blame. It wasn't just this burden I was carrying on my own. And because then the feelings were able to be felt, then everything started to be able to shift because it wasn't stuck and trapped in the head. It was now brought back down in the body. All of me could go through this. It wasn't just this like busyness in my head. Now, at the beginning of 2023, I set out my word for the year and I chose trust. This was not what I meant when I chose trust, but it was trust in action. It was the invitation to stop trying to control it, to recognize that I can't do it all by myself and that trust is the remedy. So trust and hope were kind of dancing together for me. And oh, it was really hard. And to be honest, it wasn't until today, today I'm recording this Friday. So I've spent an entire week of mistrust. Today was the first day I allowed hope to come into my heart. So she is home. 
I am doing my best right now not to mother hen her to death since she has survived this horrible ordeal. And all of this, not just in the lesson around trust, but in the trauma that happened when I lost Daisy, where a story formed in my heart that if you have to go to an emergency vet, that you don't get to take your pet home after that, like that immense fear. I got to rewrite that because I brought her home and she's doing pretty okay considering. One of my greatest fears is about the harm that I do with my voice because I know exactly what to say. It's one of the reasons I don't say I told you so because things can get pretty ugly pretty fast. And I said those things. I stepped into some of the ugliest things that I fear about myself. And I live to tell the tale. I didn't destroy my marriage. I was able to have a really constructive conversation. I was able to take responsibility and apologize. And all of that was able to shift for me too. Which is not to say that now I have like carte blanche to go around being an asshole and saying horrible things, but I don't have to choke off my truth because it feels too scary to say out loud or because I don't trust myself to do that in a constructive, respectful way because it can be messy and still ultimately end up being okay. And with that, I also got to work on that lesson of trust and releasing the belief that it's all on me and that I have to go at it alone. She had a really great team there. I didn't trust them one bit. I was so furious and I was so worried that they were just price gouging because holy shit, this was an expensive experience too. But there were things that they did for her that there was no way I could have. And she got that support. I don't have a lot of friends where I live because I'm new to the area and pandemic and whatever. And I was able to call like one of the two friends I have in this neighborhood and ask for help with getting her to the vet and picking her up and all of that. These are things that normally I would never have done on my own. And with Rhea being gone, it would have been this extra like frustration with her that, and now I have to do this by myself and I didn't feel by myself. My sister is here. She was a fantastic support. She knows a lot about cats as well. She was able to give her meds when I couldn't. Freya and I have been so beautifully held through this whole ordeal. And it didn't feel like that in certain moments because the fear really like kind of blocked the blessing that was going on but we were held we were very very held and so now that i'm on more or less the other side of this huge breakthrough this next spin around the spiral of healing where i got to revisit these various lessons but with new depth and with new perspective and with new learning and new embodiment i recognize that i am not the only one who has some breakthroughs that needed to happen and also With February being around the corner and all this conversation around love and self-love and all the things that kind of happen with Valentine's Day, I know that there are women who are needing these breakthroughs to be around their worth, around permission to desire, about wanting to create more, all these different things that have always felt not allowed or taboo or for somebody else. And so my three openings for Lilith Rising, which is my VIP day. I have three spots this month and I am doing all three of them at a super huge discount. So instead of it being just the session, it'll be the session plus two weeks integration support so that you have your integration call, which is the normal thing, but there's also two weeks of Voxer support so that you can walkie-talkie back and forth with me and talk through the things that are coming up as you are integrating and processing the big releases that we did in ceremony together. And all of that is going to be 1111. 
So I will make sure that there's a link for that in the show notes. Or if you follow me on Instagram, send me a DM. Let's start a conversation. Let's get that booked for you in February. Because you came into this life to do some pretty epic shit. And so long as you are buying into these stories or being held back by the chokehold of these energies that stop you from living in your fullest expression, you aren't getting to do the things that you came here to do. So let's clear that. Let's make it happen. Because I know that like the gifts you've come into this world to share are just waiting. And you're going to know if this is meant for you because when I'm saying this, you know it too. So if you feel the call, let's make it happen. Details in the show notes. As for this, we're going to wrap up today and just know that I am sending you so much love. Thank you for sharing the space and being the witness of this conversation that I have been unpacking this whole week. And I can't wait to talk next time. That's it for this episode. Thanks for spending this time with me. Make sure to stay in touch between episodes by following me on Instagram. I'm at Serena Myers. If this episode inspired you or you want to support the show, please give it a share to your favorite peeps and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. I'll see you next time.